stuff. episode 36 of the good stuff kids podcast i'm your host mike mason you found my show where i talk to the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families on today's episode i talked to the guys from funkin ships and funkin ships are a great band doing something very very interesting very very unique and very nautical which you'll hear all about in addition if you stay tuned all the way to the end of the show you'll hear their song a dragon's tale all the way through I also checked in with Jake Broder. He made his Kickstarter goal and his album is out. We'll also have a sample of some of the music that you can find there. And it is legit bona fide and certified. I listened to it and actually had me laughing out loud. Great to talk to Jake again. In addition, do you remember Eli from the last episode? Well, Eli has a daughter named Lucy, and Eli captured a great conversation between he and Lucy when they were talking about good stuff that he shared with me. Really fun to listen to. We'll also have a 4 plus 1 segment where I count down the top 4 songs in my car plus 1 I try to get my kids to listen to and enjoy. Did I have success this week? You'll have to listen to find out. For all of the information you could ever need about the Good Stuff Kids podcast, just check out www.goodstuffpod.com for all of your good stuff needs. Thanks a lot for listening. It's a jam-packed show today, and we'll talk to you at the end. Coming in at number four this week is Love Light Shine by KB Worley and Mr. Cookie Jar. Number three is Caterpillar Caterpillar by Kira Wiley. Caterpillar, Caterpillar. Caterpillar, Caterpillar. Caterpillar, caterpillar. Tickle, tickle on my arm. Caterpillar, caterpillar. Tickle, tickle on my arm. Caterpillar, Number two is by Allison Faith Levy, future guest on the Good Stuff Kids podcast, and the song is The Start of Things. I'm always nervous at the start of things. First day of school, I won't know what to bring. The plane takes off with its big strong. Coming in at number one is, again, from Sister Goodstuff, who did something really, really incredible with this song. Turn it into a story with a message, with singing behind it. The song is great. It's called Edna the Elephant. And if you'd like a clip of what Sister Goodstuff did, just send me an email and I will hook you up. Well, her brothers would laugh and snicker and sneer When Edna would jump up and twirl without fear Her feet would come down with a crash and a boom Mama would say, honey, stay in your room Mama would say, honey, stay in your room She went la-da-da-da, la-di-da-da And our plus one this week is by a new artist for me called Too Many Zoos, and the song is Brass House, Volume 7, Number 68. Now, I'm still trying to figure out myself if I like this. I played this for my kids, and my son said, Daddy, what is this? Please turn it off. It's an interesting thing. I've never heard anyone play the baritone sax like this guy does. Kind of cool. These guys play in the New York subway all the time. If you have ever seen them, drop me a line. Let me know what it's like in person. listening to 4 Plus 1. If you liked any of the music that you heard today, you can find all of it at Amazon, Apple, Spotify. Support these artists. 
up good. I hope you poop good. And um and I love you. Listen to good stuff. I hope you do. I hope you do not. <laughs> I hope you love Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump and um. What's his name? He's the president. Barack Obama. And I love Barack Obama, and I hope you do too. Thank you. <laughs> Here with me today on the Good Stuff Kids podcast, and I'd love to welcome to the Good Stuff Kids podcast, are Derek and Charlie, who make up the band, well, I'm not sure actually if that's the right way to say it, who make up the band Funkin' Chips, and I think that we'll uh, we'll get to what that means in just a few minutes, but fellas, how are you? Thanks so much for being with me today. Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so, of course. So let's start, let's start at the beginning. I love to start at the beginning. Um, how did we get the name Funkin' Ships? And we probably need to spell that. Um, yeah, it's a, well, it's all one word. It's F-U-N-K-I-N-S-H-I-P-S. And uh, this this group was born on, on board the tall ship Mystic Whaler, which is a traditionally rigged sailing vessel that sails out of uh, New London, Connecticut, and does a lot of educational sailing on the Hudson River in upstate New York. Uh, and it's part of the Clearwater Organization, which was started by Pete Seeger uh, back in the 70s. And kind of the purpose is to bring awareness to the Hudson River for a lot of inner city children, a lot of people living along the Hudson who don't know the resources they have. Hudson got really polluted. Pete sort of formed this thing. So Derek and I were both volunteers through this program. I was, I so, was working on the boat that year. That's that's right. You were actually a real. You were first mate, I believe. I used to be in finance, and then when I got laid off, I went and volunteered on the Clearwater, um, and they put me on their sister ship, the Mystic Whaler, and I enjoyed it so much that I ended up going back the next year and working full time instead of going back into finance. Once you got like a taste of working and living on a boat, it's like it was tough to go back to an office job, and I wow. didn't. So you yeah, were- so the nautical themes that are very apparent through our material really are born from where we met, which was on board this, this yeah, sailing. Yeah, and uh, you know, talk, talking about the, the nautical themes like that rings through in such a major way, um, and it's, it's a great part of what you guys do musically. But um, So you met on the boat. Uh, Charlie, you were volunteering on the boat, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, my wife and I, uh, well, for a long time since before we were married, we have volunteered on the Mystic Whaler and we would, we'd spend part of our summers each year. She did it right out of college and then we just kind of fell in love with it, became close friends, um, and get back whenever we can. So yeah, we were volunteer educators and our role was essentially leading group, uh, led activities with the kids and, and talking about whether it be navigating, uh, on a, on a boat or, uh, river. Cause we used to, we used to point out where there were sunken ships on the map. Uh-huh. So we, it almost sounds like we need to do a, like a whole episode on the the Mystic Whaler and, and what that's like and, and the good really things that they do. I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic thing, and anyone living in the Hudson Valley, uh, it's just a great resource that's yeah. happening there, yeah. and, and an amazing opportunity to be out on the water. Right. So um, and the best way to see New York City is by, by from the water. By, yeah, it's <laughs> from the water. Um, um, so yeah, like Derek said, we point out sunken ships all the time. So sunken ships, and then. Funkin' Ships, we were kind of thought this was going to be a funk project, and then uh-huh. 
it's got a lot of iterations, fun kinships, which could be a fun friendship. Uh, well, so there's a lot of plays on words with the title. Yeah. The way we got there was we were thinking of a name. I was on the boat working and writing parodies of songs because I don't play music. So I can, all I could do is add lyrics to existing songs mm -hmm. that people knew how to play, right? Because there was a couple other people that played some you know, instruments. But then Charlie comes on, and he uh, was a fantastic musician, and he says, well, what if I put original melodies to your, and you did lyrics for that instead of doing just lyrics for existing songs? So we immediately, like within like a day or two, we had a band form. And so uh -huh. we were, I think Charlie was on for a week, right? And then by like day two or three, we were looking for a band name because we'd already formed the band and had a rehearsal. And I was up in the front, and I remember thinking, I watched Love Boat as a kid, and I said, Funk Boat. And I sent a runner, which was someone that didn't have anything to do at the time, back to where Charlie was to tell him the idea of Funk Boat. And then the runner comes back to me and just like looks at me with this big grin and goes, Funkin' Ships. And I'm like, yep, that's it. There was like no debate. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I love I love that there's someone running between you guys yeah. being like, here's the I'm idea. Sure I was washing dishes at this point in the galley. And I remember, I remember kind of saying, uh, funk boat? Why not something like, I mean, funk and ships? And we both in the galley look, oh, that's the one. Genius. Send it back. Tell it, go to there. Go, 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 go. Um, <laughs> So it's interesting, Derek. You mentioned that you're not um, you're not a musician, and you have a, a fairly interesting backstory for someone who is who's trying to to do some family type of music. Can you just give us like a brief background on on where you're from and, and what you're coming from? Sure. Yeah, I uh, I was in the Marines for a very long time, um, and did a lot of time in infantry. Actually, did a lot of time in Iraq, uh, and I I had always wanted to write. I took writing in college, and then I, I wrote a lot of stories about being in the military, um, put them together in a little book and stuff like that, and would do readings and would go, I talked to schools a lot and tell some of the military stories and stuff. And it's really, believe it or not, not that far of a leap uh, from story, writing stories um, to writing kids songs, because we tend to make our songs, not always, but oftentimes it's a story, mm -hmm. you know, and that's because uh, that's, that's what I, that's what I know how to do is to write stories. And Charlie can put it to, to, he can do any style, so it's really neat. So I'll come up with a story, and he'll find a style that meets it. Mm -hmm. You know, like Dragon Tail. Um, I, I, all I had for Dragon Tail, since you mentioned it, was I never believed in Dragon Tails until I stepped on one. Right. Um, and I, you know, I told that to Charlie, and we started there, and he just immediately starts playing this thing that sounds like a Renaissance Fair beat, you know? Yeah, and, uh, right, right. I was like, yeah. yeah, that's it. That's the sound. That's, that's the one. That's like, great. What if we went a little bit electronic with it, too? Yeah. Just to throw them off, you know? Yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah. Star Trek meets, you know, Sir Lancelot. So. Yeah. Yeah, that that one. Um, so, Charlie, we're, we're going to get to you now. Um, so, I mean, just using that sort of as an example, um, that song resonated hugely with me. I, I think it's like the hook of the chorus and like the the line that you wrote. I've never believed in dragon tails till I stepped on. I was like, yeah, that's nice. I like that. <laughs> so, so Charlie, tell me a little bit about your musical background. Oh uh, well, um, I've been playing music most of my life at this point. I think I got my first guitar around eight or nine years old and uh, played through high school and eventually went to college to study music and. Uh, just, just kind of played and, and, and learned and been doing all sorts of different different things musically. Um, so I studied jazz and music composition in college and then uh, moved to North Carolina, started a bluegrass band, played bluegrass for a long time, 
and I've always just been involved and played and uh, writing, and um, it's just been a big part of my life. So uh, naturally, it kind of spills over into most of the other uh, activities that I do. So when I go to work on a sailboat, I, I end up, you know, being the strolling minstrel for right. a lot of the time. And right. while everyone's doing the hard labor, I found, well, you guys really need someone to sing shanties out here, right? You know, it's like, that's really where I should, that's my yeah. role. Like, I yeah. think I should probably play the mandolin and sing to you guys while you really, while you, you know, swab the deck and furl the sails and everything. So I, I think, uh, you know, I, I like to play all types of music. I think that there's pretty porous borders between genre and um, it's 12 notes in most of the world. And it's just a little bit different accent on how you use those. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting. Like you hear the, the maritime influence, you know, you hear <laughs> the sort of like bluegrass influence. There's there's electronic in there for sure. So one of, um, I, I would almost call it a motto for you all. Um, is is and I think it's one of your lyrics, Derek. Is that being a little weird is cool, right? So what is that? Yeah. We're, we're I mean I agree. Like that's a great thing and that's a great message for kids and and telling them that they can be different and being different is great. And I just want to know like what that means to you or or where that comes from. Um, well, I he, I don't know. You might want to edit this out, but the true story behind <laughs> that song is I was. I got this idea in, uh, it was living in New York, working at a children's museum. And at the time there was a huge thing about gay rights going on here. Uh-huh. And I came up with this idea that, um, we were going to be like, pretend to be a re- religious group protesting the platypus. Um, okay. and going out to the museum and saying the platypus is an abomination. The mammals should not lay eggs, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, I had this idea, and but then all of a sudden Occupy Wall Street came up and it got buried and stuff. And I got on the boat and I was telling someone else about how I had started making up T-shirts with like a line through the platypus saying "Mammalian egg laying is an abomination" and stuff. And uh, and that's how that started talking about well, the platypus is, is is a little weird, you know. And that's where the song started from actually was. But that's okay. The platypus is. It started off by saying the platypus is not is not terrible. It's okay that it lays eggs. And then it, the song grew out of that whole whole thing so it's yeah it's it's that's the story well no yeah nothing nothing to to edit there i think it's a good lesson i mean in um in you teaching right because part of being a musician in in the way that you all want to be musicians is to educate it sounds like you want to educate that we're you know we may be different like even the three of us on this call may be a little bit different but you know it's cool that we're different and we can appreciate that about each other it that's is exactly the message we're trying yeah, to get. Yeah, uh, just like that song and all the characters in that song kind of go through and talk about, you know, the different abnormalities. I mean, you can listen to this record and the songs are very different too and, and jump around to different genres and like there's no there's you can't fit anything into one peg. Everyone's got their own little voice and their own right. own unique talents and you right. can't judge. Yeah. On yeah. any one set of standards. Yeah, and I think that another message that that is pretty clear from you all um, is the um, in the importance of belonging or feeling like you're part of uh, part of a community or, or or finding like-minded people. And I think that um, the time that you all spent together on the ship, like you guys connected because you shared that experience, and then you connected musically. Um, and and I think that. And that's an important part of your music. And, and I'm going to let you describe that, but I'm going to tee you up and just say that, like, you know, on your on your website, or I think it's on your website, it says, 
don't know how to sing or, or something like don't know how to dance or not a musician, grab a pot and pan and join the band. You're in. So the, um, the idea of being uh, super inclusive, I think, is really important. So t tell, me how, tell me how that plays out for you all. Well, I mean, I think at the fundamental, we had a week long on this boat, the Mystic Whaler, and we were surrounded by our 12, you know, volunteer and crew with varying degrees of musicality, <laughs> whether it be people who have never picked up an instrument before or not. And we, we had, now we had this great band name and we had a song. I think the first song was The Shad and the Eel, which is on the record, and, uh, we just had to recruit people to play it with us. Yeah. <laughs> so well, part of that process was like, well, we're not getting off this boat. We got, we got how 12 or 15 people to choose from. Everyone's going to get a role in this and we're just going to figure out a way to give everyone a voice. And, uh, and it was just fun. It was great. And people who didn't play music were picking up uh, ukuleles or just banging on or singing with this or whatever. We just had everybody kind of sing along. And I think right then we just thought, you know, let's just keep adding to the stew. And anytime anybody gets involved with this band and sings a song with us, we're just going to make them a member. And we'll <laughs> let everyone kind of be a part of this group. Oh, that's so great. And, uh, and, you know, when we perform live, we have kind of a set group of us that play, but it's always changing. There's always somebody who's, who's there who we may see the day of, and they've got a, whatever, a bongo yeah. drum. Like, yeah. hey. Hey, you're come join us. You're there the might be a kid who doesn't have any instrument. We're like, hey, come join us. And there's always some sort of part where we try to get people engaged. So it was kind of out of necessity in some fashion mm -hmm. to like, well, we've only got limited resources. Let's use everybody we can. We've got to trick proof. people too sometimes. We'll get them to like sing along and then afterwards we'll be like, by the way, you're now in the band. Don't be late for rehearsal. <laughs> yeah. So how? So I mean, you know, I, I don't know if we 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 mentioned this um, when we started rolling, but um, but you got Charlie. You're in Nashville, and and Derek, you're in Manhattan. So how often? How often are you all able to to get together and collaborate? A couple times a year. I mean, we spend a couple weeks up in Blue Mountain, which is in the Adirondacks. We just lock ourselves in and just work for a week. Oh, nice. Called Snowfort Sessions. Uh, I've gone down to Nashville. We've recorded in Rhinebeck, and we've recorded some in Manhattan too. You know, we um, it's it's difficult, and it's so we're always planning the next right. uh, trip. You know what I mean? So as we're, as we're winding down, like seeing each other, we're always like trying to okay, when are we going to get to do it again? Yeah, yeah. Because that's where really I think the best stuff happens. I mean, when when. What I, always, I always tell people about Charlie and I's writing songwriting dynamic because it's um, we're so different. And if I were to write songs just myself, they would kind of all be sort of one way, you know. And Charlie, he's a little bit more diverse, but they would all kind of be Charlie. But when the two of us get together, we're so different. We argue kind of, you know. Uh -huh. and we always know that as soon as we're really arguing, getting mad at each other, that that's where we're about to make something really good. That's where like <laughs> merging two. So totally, so separate, you know, ideas. Yeah, uh, I'm totally new. And in fact, sometimes I suggest things. I don't know the lingo, so he'll be Charlie's an engineer, and he'll be doing all the engineering and stuff like that. And I'll be listening and behind him, hovering over his shoulder. Um, <laughs> and he sometimes he has a little light that he turns on, which means I can talk. And when he turns the light off, it means I can't talk. If I start getting like too annoying behind him, but so I'll be you know yelling like throwing a cymbal flutter there. <laughs> Do the deedly D thing here. It's time for yeah. the deedly D yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, funny. One time I'm saying to me, he's like, Derek, you know what? It's great to work with you because 
you're coming up with ideas that no one who has ever had music training would ever think of. <laughs> <laughs> and you're calling them something totally new, and it's amazing. Yeah. Like, yes. you guys have your own musical language in a way. That's really cool. Um, Certainly. And translating a lot of that too, so yeah. what it might sound well, like. Well, well, good luck with that, right? Like that, <laughs> that's the hard part. Call Charlie Derek Whisperer. Yeah, like, understand yeah. what I'm trying to say. Right, like, hey Charlie, do the do scoobity scoobity here, and and then you exactly. do it. That's something and that like Derek, happen. and you're like, no, not that oobity scoobity scoobity, the <laughs> other one. Exactly. Uh, There's a amazing. lot of that, and a lot of times it gets to the point where I'm like. I'm thinking to myself, we can't put a symbol flutter there. Well, I'm fine, I'll put it there. And then we're like, oh, well, that's that's really good. <laughs> like, and then a whole new idea will be born, a whole new thing will be born, where we finally get to this point of like, fine, what? Well, maybe it's this, or maybe it's not. Yeah, it's it's a pretty fun process, and cool. uh, it sounds fun. And it probably Charlie pushes you um, musically to be able to, you know, cause I'm assuming you play with a lot of, you know, if you're in Nashville, you play with a lot of really good, you know, professional musicians and to sort of take your professional know-how and to work with Derek who has a, you know, something that he hears and to be able to, to translate it, it's, it's got to push you and challenge you in like really, really positive and creative ways. Certainly. Yeah. It's, it's great, uh, to do that. And again, it's nice to kind of get outside of you know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's nice to kind of come to it from a like a from a place where I don't know the definition or I don't know that I want this feeling. Right. You know, that might be something that's enough to sort of just spur a new idea or a new direction in the in the yeah. material. Yeah, sure. And uh, it does it does create a lot of you know a lot of lateral thinking. You got to kind of come up with creative ways to sort of fulfill those crazy demands. It's right. Crazy. If you will, this guy, this guy wants me to do the symbol flutter again. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, it's great because I think, uh, you know, even when we're not writing together in the same room, Derek will send down, uh, you know, ideas or, or lyrics or, or whatever. And he might send down a big, long lyric sheet and it, I might go through and pick two or three lines and be like, this is really cool. Or I might use the whole thing in its entirety or kind of whittle away at parts to try to make a bit of song form. We'll kind of bounce these ideas back and forth and uh throw out different ideas and Derek's patient enough to kind of let me take some of his ideas and sort of chip away at them and try to try to force them into yeah. not force them into but find a melodic sense yeah. to them and it gives me a little bit of freedom to kind of take some of those ideas yeah. and, and add to them right so, so so Derek as a um, sort of a non you know I, I don't think it's fair to say that you are a non-musician anymore because you are totally a musician because you're you I, know I play the washboard now on stage yeah. I, I bought a I bought a World War One bugle from 1916. I found at a flea market on the side of the road in Idaho. Oh wow! And I playing that and whatever songs kind of match the key that the bugle's in. <laughs> it's close. And I have an antique hunting horn I took off my parents' wall that I play yeah. a lot. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> um, but so my question then for you is like, as far as the music making process, like, what's your favorite part of it? Oh God, I I love it um, when I I have you know we start with just an idea and we we work we get so into it we'll work fifteen hours a day and it'll it be like I like sea legs for example it started off as like I said what about a dance song but like we'll call it the sloop wobble you wobble around you know mm -hmm. and then Charlie and uh, you know we took the, took that all the you know what about pirates what about a dancing pirate you know and it, it evolved all day. And then it started to come together. And then there's a point where it's like you're putting in a guitar and you're putting in this. 
And there's a point where there's enough tracks on it to, that it it sounds like a whole song. And then the one time you play it and you hear all of a sudden it's not just like tracks. It's all it's it's a song. And it's like it's incredible. Like that feeling of like I can't believe we just made this. Yeah. You know, like for funny. me having not been doing that my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's really cool. also kind of where the inclusionary music comes from is uh when Charlie came on board and, and he's like, hey, we can start a band. You know, we can do this. And it had never occurred to me to be in a band before. Um, and the first, pra- pra- first practice, it was like the greatest moment in my life. I said, this is just, I never imagined how great this could feel. I've got to let everyone feel like this. you know. And then I was like, if I could come in and be useful having no training, then other people can add something to, uh, you know, add something to the song. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome! That's really great. I'm, I'm. You guys have a definite, a definite vibe, and uh, you work. It's nice to hear you guys talk about this stuff in such different ways that work so well together. Um, so, so you, um, so like, what's what's in the pipeline? What what's coming up for for the Funkinships? You have one record out, and mm-hmm. so and, and so, how do we find you? And what's next? Well, we're we're. As you could imagine, got other ideas in the works. We're starting kind of to put together some new material. And uh, we were just in New York City at the beginning of the summer. We got together and did a little recording. Started getting back into it. And uh, uh, going to have some brand new material coming out. So we're kind of, we sort of used all our resources, as you could imagine, guys who were working on deckhands and volunteers on a sailboat. Um, you sort of got to get creative on finding finances yeah, for yeah, to make yeah. records. So we did a lot of this on a laptop computer up in uh, Derek's parents have a little place in the Adirondacks that they were renovating and like wasn't even have. I don't even think there was furniture in it. It was like stripped walls and we're in there like camping out in the winter time trying to stay warm writing these, this material oh, man you guys are living the dream this yeah, is amazing. living the dream you know every <laughs> bit of insulation and no doors really helped the sound actually it, yeah. yeah it really did the, the exposed installation worked in our favor i guess we made a booth out of mattresses we stripped yeah. mattresses so we got big plans to do that kind of that what we call the snow fort sessions it's sort of like a retreat the hope to kind of continue doing that and bringing more friends involved but we want to get back in the studio and record new material and Equally, we're excited to kind of share this project with more people um, because although we created it over a year or two and it's been out not quite a year, actually, it's only really been out a couple months, uh, it's still brand new to so many people. So we got, we really want to kind of get this into the ears of the public. We want to create some new material and we want to start, uh, we, we've talked about even kind of doing a, an educational program that we're trying to put together cool. where we could actually kind of go to schools and, and kind of build this into something where we could kind of educate on music and conservation, all these different issues we talk about. So we have a website, uh, funkinships.com that you can visit. We've launched a GoFundMe campaign, um, where, uh, you know, you can be a part of making the next record and be a part of our creative process. There's a huge list of rewards in there that anywhere from a download to a custom t-shirt design that Derek will come up with. Guitar lessons with Charlie. Yeah, nice. to online lessons, uh, house concerts, and then, uh, you know, being part of the creative team of the next thing where you'll actually be a part of the think tank, if you will, and bounce yeah. ideas. Like, hey, you guys like this idea? You want this? And uh, even trying to get to where we could start bringing other folks in to write with and, mm-hmm. uh, and not name people or famous people or accomplished people, just people yep. who are interested and passionate about whether it's music or science or education or whatever. 
um, and, and kind of build that community. We, we really want to see this as not just a collection of songs and a band, but kind of a, a, a movement, if you will, or like a lifestyle. Like I think that Funkin' Ships could perform anywhere and Derek and I wouldn't necessarily have to be there. Like people oh. could be up their guitars and playing this material and it could kind of become a Funkin' Ships performance if you will so yeah kind of helping spread that catalog so that's kind of where the GoFundMe comes in just trying to get some resources together where we can sort of start implementing some of our ideas there's a lot of people in the environmental education movement that we've run into that we've taught the songs to that now play them on boats and stuff like that uh, on the Clearwater Mystic Whale where they're always playing the songs Great. So it has kind of it has kind of gotten legs a little bit, which is what we That's really great. really wanted. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I I, I think Spotify. that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What was that? On Spotify. Oh, Spotify. Great. Um, this is um, I, you guys have a great message, a great message, and and what you're doing is really great. And I can't thank you guys enough for uh, spending some time with me. Funkinships.com. Fund them. I'm into this T-shirt idea. I want a Funkin' Ships T-shirt. That sounds awesome. Um, There's some good ones. Nice. Well, I mean, as you heard from the platypus story, I mean, I—that's the first time I'd heard about the platypus T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, with the oh my god, that's the one I, I like want, the, right? That's, that's <laughs> probably in demand right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, thank you guys so but much. No, the pleasure has oh. been all ours. We really appreciate it. Uh, totally. You having us on, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad that the record found your ears. And yeah, me thank too. Thank you for sharing me with too. your totally. your audience. Well, thanks, guys, so much. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks. So, uh, so welcome back, Jake. I think we'll just jump jump right in because, um, you know, we, we heard me babble a little bit about the new record. Like, you did it. The Kickstarter happened. The record oh. is done. It's recorded. It's out. Tell me since last we spoke. What, so when we left it last, let's set it up a little bit. When we left it last, your family's about to go away for like a month or, or even yeah. maybe longer. And you yeah. have to go into the studio and record. And that happened. So yeah. t- take me to where we are now. Okay. So they left. And as soon as they left, all my musician friends came over. And we turned the living room into a rehearsal space. And we literally practiced for about two weeks. And it was, you know, arranging and composing bits and working it out because you know you go into the studio and we were treating this almost like a live album uh so that we wanted to be as well rehearsed as possible so you could sort of capture a performance as opposed to layer on track after track after track this wasn't going to be a mix fest this was going to be a capture of a good performance hopefully Mm -hmm. so we rehearsed like crazy and it was on a dad level it was kind of awesome to have the band over like all the time and we were just working. I didn't have to put anything away. <laughs> <laughs> there was a drum set in the living room for like two weeks. Pizza and boxes. Yeah, everywhere. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just we just rehearsed like crazy and uh the players on this are are out of this world. Yeah. yeah. Out of this world. Yeah, can, can can you tell me a little bit? I mean, I want you to finish the story, but tell me a little bit because you got it sounds like there's some serious heavy hitters that you were playing with, like people yeah. who really know what they're doing. So, so yeah. tell me more, more about the the process, and then who who are some of the people on the record? Okay, uh, so uh, process the um so we rehearsed like crazy, and then we went into the studio and tracked it, and then uh, overlaid whatever we had to, and then I got into mixing, and that was just like living in the studio for about you know, about two weeks. 
and then, you know, came out into the sunlight after, you know, being in a dark room for a very, very long time. And we had this thing and, and there it was. And, you know, there were some things actually, there's some tracks on there that are like first takes, like we just did it and that was it. Really? Yeah. Which one's the uh, first, which one was that? Like Caillou. <laughs> yep. That's right, folks. Caillou. Gotta hear it. Caillou. <laughs> My little one is screaming that around the house. It's <laughs> awesome. And, you know, then, like, fun overlay stuff, like, in the Muppet, the version of the Muppet show we did, mm-hmm. I went through and did about 30 different Muppets. And uh, each one is a particular Muppet. You know, when they go, why don't you get things started? Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we went through and did, like, 30 different Muppets there. Nice. And that was so much fun. And then, uh, I mean, this whole thing made us laugh so hard. Mm-hmm. And that sort of, we wanted to capture that spirit. And if other people have listened to kids' music a lot, then they'll laugh too because, you know, it's the same, uh, we'll all have the same feeling of just like, oh my God, I have to play this for them again. And if only, oh. Yeah. So it's like that, yeah. that feeling. And so this made us, because we're all new parents. And so this made us laugh really hard. Mm-hmm. And that was my yardstick. Of, of how to approach it. Now, there are references that some people will get. There are references that other people will get. But I'm really hoping that there's something here for everyone. If I could encapsulate the whole spirit of this project in one sentence, it would be, you're never too little to be swingy or groovy or hip. Mm-hmm. Like, they're yeah. little. The kids are little, but they're not dumb. Right. They, they, they know the groove when they hear it. Right. And that's that's deeper than intelligence. It's, it lives in a real soulful place. And so mm-hmm. we... We weren't trying to talk down to anybody. We're just trying to simplify some of the music enough so that it's relatable. And I hope, you know, this isn't just for mom and dad. This is also for when kids listen, you know, they jump up and down. And that's the that's the idea. I mean, I had the time of my life. I, I got the opportunity to work as hard as I could to make my kids laugh with people I love to work with. And, you know, what what a blessing. Like what more I could do this all day. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that feeling and that's a great thing. It's a great thing to be really super passionate and happy with what you're doing. So what was the response once the, once you played it? Well, for your, for your family mostly is what I'm trying to, trying to get okay. at. So the, the, the big reveal moment mm-hmm. was when I brought the final mixes, so I go there away and I finally did all this and I got all the mixes together. I was like, I got to get the mixes finished before I go, join them in the UK. So I fly over. I'm like, guys, I got something to tell you. I need you to sit down or be in the same room. At least. <laughs> so intense. So we all sat down and I opened up the computer and I played, you know, some of the mastered files. And my older one, Ella, was listening to Green Eggs and Ham and she started jumping, 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 jumping. Uh-huh. And, you know, she was singing the chorus to Green Eggs and Ham like for the next three days. And Tiggle, the little one, who's tw- who was 20 months old at the time, uh, heard Caillou and walked around. He's this little baby. He, you know, he's walking, he's talking, but, yeah. you know, little baby. And he's walking around going like this, Caillou. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I love you. Oh, man. So you, like, that, that feels so good, right? Like, so, and, you know, I told him, like, I made this for you guys. And I got the biggest hugs I've ever gotten in my life. And mm-hmm. it was... And we've just, oh, and now every time Tiggle goes to sleep, uh, Lucy has to play him the Smurfs. 
it's he won't, yeah. go, to he won't go to sleep without swearing. Wow. That's all about now. Wow. Right. Okay. So he gets a Bill Evans. Uh, he gets a dose of Bill Evans before yeah. he sleeps. So right. Exactly. Him. Well, that can't be wrong. Right. So, uh, so where where are you in the? Uh, is the album out? When does the album come out? Like, what what's the scoop? The digitally, the album drops on November second. Oh, cool. Uh, and so that's available on iTunes. It's available on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can actually it's available on Amazon right now. You can pre-order it. But yeah, just if you just put in "I'm not tired" or Jake Broder, "I'm not tired," it'll pop right up. Great. Uh, and you know there are different songs, and or you can get the album, and it's gonna it's dropping digitally. We'll get it on uh, Spotify, and it'll be around. Um, and uh, we just sent the CD off to the printers and. So that'll be available too, but I'm imagining most people are digital download or streaming mm-hmm. folks nowadays. Mm-hmm. But it'll be on all the pl- all the usual platforms, but mostly iTunes and Amazon. Okay, cool. Uh, that's helpful. And and uh, so November second, that would be Tuesday of next week. So that's uh, kind of an, kind of incredible. That's really really exciting. Um, is yeah. there is there like a website or anything I can direct people to 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 find out a little bit more about the record or, or is this mostly like uh this is its own thing standing on its own? Uh, people can go to jakebroder.com, but you know, this, that it, it talks about it a little bit. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's more about just finding the record and seeing if you like it. And if you do, then, you know, play for your kids. that's it for episode 36 of the good stuff kids podcast thanks to funkin ships for talking to me and thanks to jake broder for catching up with me congratulations jake on releasing your album it's really 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 great of course for all the info that you could possibly need about the good stuff kids podcast just go to goodstuffpod.com it's all there every bit of it every drop every morsel thanks for listening here is dragon tales by funkin ships in its entirety we'll talk to you very 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 soon
Dragons have magic moves. I see look at me go. say to a dragon if you bother at lunch. Stuff.